Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me Ashley and the other one Chris. Hello everyone. Chris on a delay. Yep, sorry Hello, I was, everyone. I was trying to I was wondering whether to do something more inventive, but I bottled it and just went for my name. There's no point. I said it the same for ages now. Yeah, it's fine. Are you okay? Aside yeah. from that. Yeah, apart from that terrible incident just happened. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'll have cut out that terrible yeah, incident. I know, I and therefore no one will ever know what what happened do you know what i did today so, farted oh i did a lego jigsaw uh, what's a lego jigsaw it's got all like a grid of all little minifigures it's a are you looking guy. at it now you yes. keep looking out to the left are you looking yeah, at it now it's on the floor uh, you look like a proud parent yeah i really enjoyed it i had a great time what did you do today get it up pick it up show me what you've done all right there you go look. i don't understand I don't, I don't understand you say that's a jigsaw yeah how's it a jigsaw i don't get it well the picture's cut up into a thousand individual pieces and you, you put them back together in a certain order and it makes the picture on the front of the ah, box you see ah, ah right hang on okay right so it's not a lego jigsaw it's a jigsaw of lego figures yes that's correct right a okay Le- a lego jigsaw was that i think it's probably marketing that though there probably is a market. Some might say that Lego is a jigsaw. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, a jigsaw of your own imagination. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they yeah. should hire me, shouldn't they? What have you done today? To make me feel proud. Yeah, exactly. Um, today? Yeah, specifically today. have to be today. I'm, I'm not interested in any, any other days. Oh, God. I bought some biscuits. What ones? Um, well, digestives. That's a good biscuit. Chocolate ones. Mm, okay. No, dige- chocolate digestives. You get a plain one, put a bit of butter on, or a bit of peanut butter. That's really disgusting. nice. disgusting. That's lovely. That sounds awful. No. I would accept roulette or rule, or however you want to say it, the cheese, the herby cheese, but I know you don't like cheese, so no. I know that's a, a dead loss for you, but I had some of them custard creams, malted milks, and chocolate malted milks. Oh, malted milks can get in the bin. Awful biscuits. You're a, you're a sorrowful character aren't you it's been sad i feel so sad for you what not not enjoying those biscuits or cheese those two things in particular malted milks and cheese (laughs) a life without i can't imagine it it's a life well lived um i haven't done anything to be proud of today but yesterday we did some gardening Mm, we finished off our plumbing because that needed just finishing off and that's that they're my two proud things yesterday cool today less less happened because i was a bit tired from yesterday (laughs) Right, that's that's it. What what game are we doing today? Sorry, I completely ran out of band to juice them. <laughs> I don't like that word. I don't that phrase is horrible. <laughs> I don't want it repeating. Strike it strike it from the record. Sorry. I Disgusting. just as you said about Garthy, I just felt myself going flat. Like That's fine. It's not for everybody. Uh, dear. Uh, this week, it's this game where you enter a virtual world to battle against a destructive terrorist organisation hell-bent on destroying the world. Sounds ominous. I know. An actual r- real baddies, hell-bent. I mean, they sound like they're real baddies. They're a terrorist organisation. Like, yeah. in, in the game, they're a terrorist organisation. It sounds a lot worse than the game actually portrays it as. So, But it was put out in 2001. I don't know whether there were any... Although saying that, it was before, <laughs> it was before September 11, 2001. So maybe they'd have had to be prescient, wouldn't they? So. There was lots of really, really cheering that game out to have uh, got that out in 2001. Mm, no. But you don't know what it is. No. Mega Man Battle Network for the Game Boy Advance. Right. Now, I know that I've had a conversation with you where you said you've never played a Mega Man game. Not a ever. one. Not a one. Which 
is I've never heard of anyone like you, to be honest. I thought every every man and their dog had played a Mega Man game at that some point. That is the point. list. Malted milk, cheese, Mega Man. I don't think it's that uncommon to not play Mega Man games. Mega Man is, is just, I mean, for a start, there are so many Mega Man games that it's hard to not come across one. Sort of going around to kids, look, kids, well, that sounded worse than I meant it. <laughs> In, I didn't even finish the sentence, but I'm sure we, you heard what I was. Yeah. Mega Man, so many versions of Mega Man exist. There's like 11 Mega Man in the main series of Mega Man. There are several others in Mega Man X or whatever. And then there's Mega Man Battle Network. And there's probably other Mega Man games that I'm not aware of. The thing is, though, it doesn't really matter that you've never played a Mega Man game because the one that we're playing, Mega Man Battle Network on the Game Boy Advance, was a completely separate affair to the mainline Mega Man games. The stories don't match up in any kind of way. Whereas whereas there's an actual continuity to the Mega Man and the Mega Man X games. There's no continuity between these games and and those. So there's that. But also, Mega Man traditionally, presumably you know the genre of Mega Man. Uh, While you were talking, I was just thinking that, trying to work it out from screenshots I've seen. I'm not completely sure, to be honest. I I (laughs) think it's a shoot-em-up, but I'm... No, it's just a platformer. Is it? Oh, okay. I was going to say, is it Metroidvania? It's it's literally just a platformer. It's a platformer, yeah. Well, literally just a platformer. But yeah, it's a platformer. So I, I listened Whatever to, that means. I listened to an interview with someone earlier on, on another podcast, not ours, and they kept using the word literally, oftentimes wrong, and it's it's oh, obviously so we're gonna get that obviously okay. embedded in my mind somehow. Bled in. Mm. Disgusting. Sorry. I keep saying disgusting, so that'll be the word of the day there you go. for us on Thursday when this per- podcast releases. Literally disgusting. Literally disgusting. So Mega Man is a platformer. It's known for its difficulty. This is not a platformer. This is an RPG or action RPG or action tactics RPG Ooh. or something because actually it, it pulls together a few different genres. Counts my interest on that. on that. does something extremely interesting, or at least I think it's extremely interesting. I haven't played this since it came out in 2001. Released March 2001 in Japan and then it was later in the year for Europe and America sort of end of the year. I got it fairly soon after it came out so I was probably playing it from late 2001 into 2002 which means that it's not entirely fresh in my mind because I haven't played this or I think I think I did play I think I think I played Mega Man Battle Network 2. I don't think I played anything after that. There are six sets of these games so Mega Man Battle Network up to Mega Man Battle Network 6 and then they also have different versions the same way that Pokemon does okay so blue and red they have their own doubling up system in Mega Man Battle Network the subsequent games after the first one. Oh, so the first one is just so several, Battle Network yeah. and then there's Battle Network 2 and what, and what was the nomenclature for those to, to differentiate them? I, well I was just going to say I think Battle Network 2 still maintained the one game Right situation where, but then Mega Man Battle Network three and onwards had two, at least two releases, two separate releases. I don't remember the names of them because I don't, I, I didn't play them. But by accounts, some of the later ones are, are really good, really good versions of of the game. I've never heard of any of these games. Well, the, the Battle Network ones. I mean, obviously Mega Man, I've heard of, but this is so far off my radar. Mm, okay, I mean that's in interesting simply because Mega Man was everywhere as far as I was aware when I was younger. Let's uh, drill down into that a little bit then as they say. What Mega Man games have you played? It's hard to say because they all follow the same sort of pattern but um, I've played some on the NES. Uh, I've played some on the Mega Drive. I think it's called Wily Wars on the Mega Drive. So Mega Man the Wily Wars. So Dr. Wily is a character in the right. Mega Man series. That makes a lot he's more the sense. Bad, he's Thank like you. Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik. And the, he, he creates 
You don't need to know any of this for Battle Network, I don't think, but he creates some of the robots that Mega Man then goes and fights against. Um, and that's the signature of Mega Man games. So you have Mega Man, who is the main character that you take control of. He's blue. And then he, he is blue. Very well yeah. done. And he has like a cannon arm that he shoots people with. He pits himself or he, he's pitted against various different robots that have different characteristics that also mean that they have different powers so uh, just I, i've got a little list because it's relevant to battle network but there are such characters as shark man gutsman gutsman's actually i think quite a popular and set, sort of famous in in Mega Man terms character gutsman gutsman yeah they're what's his they're power? All, i don't know don't right. ask me silly questions like that goodness me I might, we might encounter Trump. him might and Trump at Mega Man. I don't think he does, but we might actually encounter him in Battle Network because he does make an appearance in one form or another. But as I said, the relevance of the actual mainline Mega Man games to Battle Network is uh, it's only in passing, really, because they're totally different genres. They're totally different storytelling styles. The only thing that they really have in common is characters to a greater or lesser extent. I'm not really sure. Two characters from the main games pop up in this, then it is that. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I was going to say. So the game has a story and, uh, you know, Mega Man games do sort of have a story, but Mega Man Battle Network games are story driven as RPGs often are or mostly are. Uh, the story in this particular, in, in the first game, it, it follows, and I think in the in this subsequent games, it follows a boy whose name is Lan Hikari. Lan, me, Lan being a reference to local area network because this game is very internet heavy, very sort of early 2000s internet situation going on. Lan Hikari's dad was one of the creators of the internet as it exists in the world of Mega Man Battle Network. And the way that it exists in Mega Man Battle Network is that everything is always online. So you know, you know the internet of things, as it's called, where everything's smart and everything's got an internet connection, even your fridge. Yeah. And your fridge can order your shopping and things like that. Well, in 2001, this game was working with that idea. So everything's got an internet connection. So your oven, your microwave, your fridge, all of your appliances, your hoovers and everything. Um, and, and this predates any smart tech or smartphones. They probably were thinking about internet of things at the time, but this game was actually implementing it into its storytelling. I remember going to Epcot in uh, Walt mm. Disney Worlds or Lands, I can never remember which one, which is in Florida in World 2000. In Florida. Is it? Thank you. And they had a whole kitchen area. There was It was like the house of the future and they had a, a kitchen area and it had a, a fridge that could do that, like what smart fridge do now. And this is back in 2000. I remember it blowing my tiny little mind. This will not happen. This is This will not exist. And then lo and behold, 20 years down the line, it does. Well, less than 20 mm. years. Didn't even take 20 years, no. This game was... Madness working with that idea then like 20 literally 20 years ago literally 20 years ago sorry um it's okay <laughs> this character lan hikari's dad he helped to create all of this the difference between the game and now and the internet of things in their version of reality is that you engage with it in a virtual world so if you think uh what's that thing that you're ready player one if you think ready player one or for people that like better better books snow crash you would go into the avatar uh, you would go into the world you have an avatar that avatar represents you in the virtual world that's freaking out too yeah i guess so whatever <laughs> in this game they're called navvies and the navvy that our main character has is rockman or megaman so that little blue man that you're familiar with he is the navvy for lan 
So whenever right. he goes on the internet, he turns up as this little blue man, Mega Man. I was wondering why you were talking how this fits him in Mega Man. So it fits him in Mega Man in that he is a representation of the main character when the main character yes. of these games is interacting with these internet devices. He's choosing Mega yeah. Man. Okay. He's not even choosing Mega Man. He was given it by his dad. So, and it's a unique character that his own, that only he has. From the sound of it, I don't remember this. I'm sort of reading into it from what I've read to prepare for this. Uh, from the sound of it, there might well be people that sort of have the same model representing them but this uh, but Mega Man is a unique Navi in this world as are the other ones that appear that reference old games so I, I mentioned Gutsman and Gutsman actually he he crops up in the game as a Navi uh, as does Proto Man, who is uh, Mega Man's brother in the normal series in the in the previous series of Mega Man. Shark Man, Magic Man. Uh, I'm not familiar with either of those, but apparently they are characters from previous games. I uh, I wouldn't want to be, to be honest. What Shark Man or Mag or Magic Man? I'd Neither. quite like to know Magic Man. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, they could do stuff to you. Have you seen In and of Itself by Derek Delgadio or Derek no. Delgadio? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Is that magic? It's magic, and it's also amazing. So I would highly recommend that you watch it. I, I, I could do a magic trick for you now. Do you want to see it? No. I made its pen disappear. I said no. This is good content You're for audio. You're forcing magic it? on me. This isn't right. Right, you're it's ready. I'm going to put it in my ear and then put it in my mouth. I'm going to fart as you do it. Right, you're so going to open this your mouth and I'm going to fart. Ready? I don't want to see it. I don't want to see <sighs> it. That, and then what happens? I mean, is you're like, not then, very good at executing that because it went then, behind I, your hand. I then pull it out of my mouth. Ready? I there saw the end of the pen before it uh, before it peered out of your Magic. mouth. Magic. I can this be. This is all going to get I'm, caught. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm available for children's parties. So Derek Delgaudio, don't hire Chris. If you can hire, if you have got the money, hire Derek Delgaudio and. Or, or just watch the the show because that is that's proper magic. If he were, if you were going to cast a Mega Man film, you definitely cast him as Magic Man. That's neither here nor there because we're talking about Mega Man Battle Network. The core of the game is this. So I should probably tell you a bit about the story. I said it was about terrorists, didn't I? There's yeah. this terrorist group called World Three, and whenever it's written down, it's written as WWW because it's an early 2000s game about the internet. Yeah, uh, but they are actually, their actual name is World 3, and they are trying to destroy the world. Um, I don't really know how how this works, but they're looking for these four chips that if they bring them together, they create this thing. I think it's called the Life Virus, and the Life Virus would somehow destroy the world. The way that, they, the way that this manifests in the early game is that they're blowing people's ovens up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that relates. I don't know how that gets them further towards their goal, but that's what they're doing. Was not expecting that as a plot twist. Even on top of that, in I order guess to, if you blow the ovens, then people won't be able to cook and then they'll go hungry. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with getting these four chips and putting them together to make this life virus. So Depends their it, it makes sense, but you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting to explain World 3's mm. um, tactics, and I don't think that's fair on you. All right. On top of that, they can't... Bearing in mind this is all about an, a world where the internet connects all things. They actually turn up at people's houses to inject the virus into their ovens so at one point early on in the game which you you will probably play this bit lan turns up home and there's this shady looking guy in a delivery man suit or or something talking to his mum lan goes upstairs and next thing he knows is ex- his oven's exploded downstairs and he comes down and that's that's actually like your first dungeon because you interact with the internet by jacking into it which is very matrix so it was a couple of years after the matrix released so yeah. you jack in to mm. the internet I'm not keen and on you that can too. Jack. Well, 
I'm going to keep using it. You jack in to the internet or you jack into, you can jack into specific objects and <laughs> LAN. I know it's, it, um, it's the right, it's the right it's, terminology. So I'm sticking with it. It's obscene and it just sounds like nonsense as well. <laughs> uh, LAN jacks in to his oven, which is on fire and then works his way around the oven in or before he reaches the boss and the boss uh, or in fact the enemies in this game are all computer viruses of one kind or another that's very early notice internet as well as it physically fighting the virus yes exactly there is actually that aside because you write and nothing more needs to be said about it really than that this first dungeon if you want to call it that the oven navigating the oven because the oven's actually physically on fire you get this situation in the virtual manifestation of the oven system uh, where your path is blocked by fire and in order to clear your path you have to use this program that puts the fires out but you can only use it seven times before you have to go back and get it replenished so you then have to make choices well am i going to go this way or am i going to go that way and if you go if you if you go directly to the boss you will probably get to the boss with your seven fire putty outy program things but if you start sort of pursuing treasures then you will have to go back and get replenished there's a bit of a puzzle element to it you mentioned these being like dungeons then is this therefore bringing an element of choice thinking about your choosing your path through that you you could go straight to the boss or you yeah could, okay I, I, that, that sounds interesting so another another genre that it pulls from is the deck building card game and actually one of the reasons that this exists is because card games were becoming very popular or and and collector bond type games so if you think pokemon this pokemon was a big influence for for this game in particular and for you know great many other games at the time the influence that it has here is that you are collecting what are called battle chips instead of pokemon i guess and battle chips are your moves in the in the right. battle system you can collect lots of battle chips there's quite a lot of different types and then you decide which battle chips to put into your battle folder the ones that are in your battle folder are the ones that you can choose from when you are actually in a fight against a virus does that make sense so far like battle move.exe uh yeah i mean in uh, an aside this game is called rockman.exe in japan ah. so good reference yeah. uh, inadvertent reference all the same i like I, I like the sound of that i think it sounds like they've tried really hard to try and link it all about this overarching plot of the internet and and devices mm. and stuff but it, it just sounds quite clunky but i i like it i'm gonna give it the benefit of a doubt at the moment okay well i would say that it could well be just the way that i'm describing it to you that is that is making it sound that way because actually this game was quite well very well received and people were marveling at the way it pulled together many different genres at the time the whole thing just got more and more refined as the new as the newer versions of the game so battle network 2 3 were very well regarded and then battle network 6 has apparently refined it to a real fine edge or fine point where it and it's still sort of hold well it does by all accounts hold up well even now and i will come back to that because i haven't actually explained how battles work so i've said you've got this battle folder i've said you've got these yep. battle chips each it's not it's not a case of like turn-based rpg battles nor is it a case of real-time rpg battles you are put on this three 
by six grid and you are able to move freely around your half of that grid whilst the enemy move around on the other half of the grid and you can obviously you can move in line with them or out of line with them and you can fire at them you can also use these battle chips to attack them as well the game will pause at the beginning of a battle and it will allow you to choose battle chips depending on certain things so you can have like five different battle chips that all are the same type and you can choose all of those as one group and use all of them at the same time in the battle each battle chip also has a letter so if you have five different battle chips that have all got the same letter you can also choose those so you can choose by type and you can choose by letter which means that when you when you're building your folder when you're building your deck of battle chips you've got to think about well that's a really powerful chip but it's it's a z and there aren't very many other Zs. so if i were to use that i would have to use it on its own and i would miss out on using other battle chips alongside okay. it so is it worth it there's a bit of strategy to it there and then there's like in the moment tactics because it pauses at the front of the uh, at the beginning of a battle you choose the ones that you want to use and then you have 15 seconds to actively use it so you've got this turn-based sort of situation where it pauses the game lets you make considered choices and then you have this 15 second action moment exactly where you where you enact what you planned and then it will pause again and it will let you choose another set of battle chips from your folder um to, to to have another go um in the next round if you like or turn so it's got tactics and strategy mixed in together and happening at the same time there's an awful lot to this game then isn't there yeah yeah exactly and this is a game on the game boy advance in 2001 when i was what would i have been 13 again it's kind of one of those uh, as as happens a lot i suppose with the game boy advance kind of one of those games that i thought i'm not too sure if i'm gonna like this and gave it a go and was blown away the same with denki blocks the same with uh kura kura kurin um they just don't look they don't seem like they're going to be my thing and then they are totally my thing and that's what happened here because there's there's these battles as far as i remember and i haven't played it for 20 years literally 20 literally 20 years no i'm so sorry uh (laughs) i haven't played it for 20 years but from what i remember there was a lot of meat to the battles and the building up of the deck it was it was just really really engaging i really enjoyed it so yeah there's that the the thing to note as well is it's a meaty enough system people even at the time on game faqs if you remember game faqs i'm I sure do you indeed do, they were trying to sort of figure out the meta of the of the battle system and how to how to maximize your how to maximize your ability in the battle system so it's sort of early esports going on where people are looking at how to best exploit what's in the game and the options that you have in the game in order to come out on top in, in the majority or all of all of their battles. The problem was that in order to battle in this game, you actually had to be physically together because you, right. you could only do it over a link cable. So the actual possibility of creating an eSport out of it was very slim and didn't really happen until many years later because this game has an, an active eSports following now. Oh, really? And yes, yeah. It started sort of 2009 from what I can gather. It started to sort of coalesce in about 2009, but only recently have they started to, or unfortunately only recently, started to host tournaments. So I don't know what's happened with coronavirus, whether that's put put it all in the back burner or what, but one of the first tournaments they hosted, they managed to pull it all together online. And uh, there were, at at first anyway, there were 60 competitors which is quite big for a tournament as people started to actually battle 
it seems like some of the people that weren't quite as honed at the game, maybe just fans, they started to drop out quite quickly and it left an actual 37 people who actively took part in this tournament. And the tournament's using this version of Mega Man Battle Network. It's not one of the later iterations. Well, you'll note that I said that the game took place uh, the tournament took place online and obviously uh, Battle course, Network yeah. would, they would have had to be in, in a room because I don't know one if of maybe the things it was a, they, a hacked version of it or something that they were using exactly that it is exactly that oh, so okay. one one of the things that happened off the back of the difficulties that they were having because emulation a lot of the time it was very difficult to get the emulation working in order to allow people to play without extreme lag and that is in an action situation that is uh, the death really of of multiplayer gaming isn't it yeah they were using a version of visual boy advance which is uh i mean it's an emulator that i was familiar with even 20 years ago and they were using a version of that and the the multiplayer the online multiplayer that that was set up in that wasn't particularly good. What came out of all of this was that a fan and competitor for the game actually rebuilt the game or the multiplayer version of the game with a much more stable multiplayer experience in mind. And that is one of the things that I think they either they did use or they're looking to use in the future for multiplayer tournaments. Nice. Now you said, are they using this version of the game or are they using a subsequent version, a later version, maybe Mega Man Battle Network 6 or something like that? The truth is I don't know. I don't know whether it's some form of bespoke version of the game or whether it is the later version, Mega Man uh, Battle Network 6, sorry, or what. I don't know. But I do know that it's got a very passionate following and one that I wasn't aware of until it came to doing the research for this. It was quite a, quite a nice surprise, actually, mm. to find that out. It's also one that Capcom actively support. So when they were having their first tournament, their very first, their inaugural tournament, Capcom were actually tweeting out to the world, oh, nice. this is happening, please support it. So yeah, it's called the N1 Grand Prix, if you're interested, or if anyone's interested. And that is actually a reference to the games as well, because there was a tournament in Battle Network 3, that was called the N1 Grand Prix. Right. So they've taken that from the game and sort of made it into reality. The last thing before we play, and it, unless you've got any questions, there was anime made of the of the game as well in 2002, which makes me think that it must follow the f- events of the first game. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sense. sure. I only found that out about half an hour before we started talking. So uh, yeah, I didn't have a chance to figure out what was going on with that so yeah that's Mega Man Battle Network I hope you're well and truly wetted if that's the right way to say that um it's definitely the wrong way to say that but yes after all that I'm quite excited to see what the game has in store for me good let's go I think you and I can both agree that Rockman rocks. Who's Rockman? Yeah, Rockman, Mega Man. I mentioned this in the, in oh, the yeah. first half. He was he's called Rockman in Japan. Sorry, I've, the game's I've, called Rockman.exe in Japan. I forgot that nugget of trivia. My apologies. Oh, dear me. We, we could have said, know, but you like it. You could have said, but I think we both agree that Mega Man Battle Network was Mega. I could have. Yeah, that would have been I more. I didn't think of that strangely sort of enough. Thing. But, I know. Okay, long story short, it is it is mega. It rocks. How about that? It's very good, isn't it? It's really good. So this is the just this is just the pattern I feel like with Game Boy Advance games that I was going through 
when I was younger, just thinking, oh, I'll give that a try, trying it and going, whoa, that's mm. amazing. And I'm hoping that that's going to be the pattern that continues as we as we hit more GBA games in the future. This is only the second Game Boy Advance game that we've played that's been released. There is one we've recorded but not yet released. And all three that we've played have been really phenomenally good. So that's that's nice. GBA, just before we launch into what makes Mega Man so mega, the Game Boy Advance was just a little powerhouse of a unit. In common parlance, banger after banger. <laughs> was released for the GBA. It was a real strong console. And then it was followed up by the DS. So you just had this constant stream of handheld classics for, you know, 10 years, if not longer, because you had the Game Boy before that. But I really do think that the Game Boy Advance was where the handheld gaming came into its own and started to create things that, you know, could have been at home on a home console. They were actually thinking about meteor experiences as opposed to the handheld experience mm. solely. I don't know if that makes sense. It, yeah, no, it does. You do. You get what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. Um, well, it thing... was still very much handheld, but there was something else going on. There was something in the water when Game Boy Advance games were being made. The thing that I commented on was Game Boy Advance games having a certain flavour of music that is very yeah. identifiable as being Game Boy Advance. The, the sort of the, the way the music is composed, you wouldn't get it on a Mega Drive or SNES, and it just sounds really nice. It's very effective. I don't know what the hardware is on the Game Boy Advance. What's the technical aspects of it were that allowed the music to be composed in such a way, but it just sounds really nice. Mm, yeah, it's got its own little character. Uh, I agree. In terms of hardware, what I know is that the Game Boy Advance was a portable SNES. What I'm not sure of is whether that was down to the sound chip as well, or whether it was a different sound chip. Because I do think you're right that it's got its own uh, aural, oral, aural, aural aesthetic. Uh, I'd say oral, audio, audio, uh, yeah, whichever. Sound. Yeah. It's got its own sound. It's, it's got its own vibes. Vibes. Good word. That's what they all say nowadays. You've you've mentioned banger after banger, and you've said, oh. yeah, did not know. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that as well. Uh, only having done three Game Boy games, a uh, Game Boy Advance games as well. So anyway, what did you like about the game? Because you said that you liked it. Why? Why is it so good? I was quite unsure to begin with because it really hit me over the head with lots of help text and exposition and yes. do this, do this, and it was very handholdy and and saying go. For from this point to this point to this point and this point you need to do this this and this and it was very heavy i was a bit unsure at first but once the actual game aspect started in and you had the actual the, the, the first few sets of battles i was really impressed with it the battles were where it really came to life just how well constructed they were just to put into context though for yourself and for the audience the help text the holding the hand holding it was probably only about 10 minutes long it was very do this do that but it only lasted 10 minutes i know games you know more recent more recently made games that spend a couple of hours yeah talking you through all the systems i think that delivering enough instruction within the first 10 minutes of the game to set you up for the rest of the game is somewhat forgivable personally i remember when i started breath of the wilds that that felt like the first as you said hour or so was i was just being constantly bombarded with this is what you can do this is what you should do and it turned me off and then as you Mm. said once you get off the great plateau the health test goes completely and that actually set me up completely for the game i absolutely adore breath of the world and i think this is the same experience here as you're saying that it was just setting me up for that initial kind of this is what you can do within the game and then as soon as i was okay with that it was then there you go crack on yeah completely off the rails you can do whatever you like oh obviously within 
within the bounds of the game. So the battle system, I tried to explain in the first half, was there anything that I missed out or did I cover it well enough, do you think? No, the battles are just really good. I mean, you'd expect them to be good from a game that is called Battle Network and that is kind of the, the meat and potatoes of the of the game. Is that a phrase? I just made that up. Yeah, it is. You're all right. You're on, you're on solid good. ground with that one. Um, the battles were a really good blend of turn-based and action. And that sounds like a weird hybrid, but it handled that blend so effectively. And I genuinely really enjoyed the battles. That's something that only gets better with the future games as well, by all accounts. Obviously, I've only played the first two and the second game refines the system. But then supposedly the games, are, even after that, have refined it even further and further. And that's why there is this... It's not a huge community, by all accounts, but it, there is a very dedicated community that are playing this as a as an esport and having having experienced it again that's that's something that i should probably say one the game is exactly as i remember it it is as good as i remember it and it works and plays the way that i remember it playing and working and i can completely understand why people have stuck with it for so long because what you get even from the well relatively short period of time that we've been able to spend with it this evening what you get from it is that actually there is a great deal of potential depth to that battle system i checked so I checked before we actually started recording the, the types of weapon that you can use, the types of battle chip that are available to you. What I didn't do is actually count up how many. There is a library in the pause menu for the battle chips. And when you scroll to the end of that, there are 175 entries for battle chips. So there are presumably 175 different battle chips that you can make use of in your folder. The folder holds 30 maximum at any one time. So, or at least that's what the maximum was while we were playing today. I don't know if you can up it or not. But you can mix and match, therefore, those 175 battle chips into whatever deck you like, which is extensive mm-hmm. and and gives you so many options, presumably gives you so many different builds, like character builds, to go into battle with. So even that, just fiddling around, if you play through the game, you equipped with all of the battle chips, just fiddling around trying to find new combinations that might work in your favour. And it's like customization that I really liked that how some enemies this attack will work better on those enemies but this en- this attack will work better on these enemies and i know that's fairly standard for rpgs but it just felt because you could do it on the fly every 10 seconds or so as the battle meter filled up and you did this it, it just felt so intuitive the battle system is pretty complicated to explain i think and i think us waffling on about battle folders and battle chips and the way the grid set up i think is potentially going to be quite dry for people to listen to so oh really I would suggest that people go onto YouTube and just have a look at a video of how the game works, just the battle system, just to just to get an understanding of what we're talking about, because I think... Perhaps I didn't go into it enough in the first half, but basically it's a deck of cards. And those, you know, like any, any card game, any tabletop card game, it works in a similar way. You create a deck of of moves mm. and then you're, you're doled out five moves at a time and you choose which ones to take into each... 10 mm. is that an easier that's, way to maybe pass that, that's the... actually a very good analogy yeah that having, having played yeah. the game now I, I understand what you mean by that deck of cards um mm. metaphor and you did have a cup your folder is a is just 30 cards yeah. that are accessible to you in your battle and yeah. the way that works you had a couple of situations where the, the deck of cards you were given weren't quite what you wanted for that particular turn. yeah they didn't fall in my favor yeah. and I, I like that the fact that the the game is not 
giving you easy options all the time. And equally, there were a couple of situations where we were trying to whiz through the battles. And we had a conversation about how modern games, you now have the opportunity to skip these these turn-based battles, like Final Fantasy VII. Oftentimes, ra- randomised battles. Yeah. So this is one of the things that maybe... I, I, even I am not sure that I'm a massive fan anymore of random encounters i think i prefer being able to see Mm. what i'm getting into and actually being given the being empowered to make the choice as to whether i do or don't want to battle something this game runs on random encounters so that was a bit of a throwback i I genuinely can't remember the last time i played a random encounter game final fantasy 7 even Mm. when i was playing that at christmas i i actually turned random encounters off for the most part and uh was trying to was mainly playing the game to experience the story again as opposed to the back as the battle system as much as i enjoyed it when i was younger i found a bit too slow going to get into uh, christmas there there was the added pressure of playing it for the for the podcast as well i suppose here though the battle system i i I just was enjoying it from the very from the very off from the get-go and the pressures that are put on you by the randomness of of the card deals was slightly annoying at times so i was getting like in the first hand of cards that i was offered a couple of times i got four recovery items Mm. so i was able to heal even though i'd not been damaged at all so that was a bit annoying but at the same time the game gives you an option to manage that so you can have you have the option of of pressing add instead of choosing cards you can add cards to your hand and that will then give you an option of 10 cards in the next round as opposed to just the five cards that you get initially and you can do that twice up to a maximum of 15 cards to choose from in the in the game later on in the game that could actually be very useful in terms of quitting people down quickly or Mm. quitting viruses down quickly because you could set up your deck in such a way that you might have a number of cards that all have the same letter or are all of the same type that you can then sort of stack up five real powerful real hard blows that you can deal to whatever enemy is in front of you so yeah there are there are ways to game the system even on top of just choosing the cards so what I was, which is interesting again it's an interesting layer what i was getting at then was the fact that escaping the battles automatically wasn't an option unless you were dealt an escape card however from the sounds of it you could just click add and then select the escape card from the if it comes yeah, up exactly. yeah but you still you are still you are still limited i don't know how i feel about that to be honest the fact that you can't so i always think that the best option is choice so player choice giving choice to the player empowers them to enjoy the game in the way that they want to enjoy the game and i generally am an advocate for for that sort of approach at the same time if you do that and you are able to just skip the battles whenever uh, you like and all all the way through the game say then for one you're missing out on what what actually makes this game good because the battle system is primarily the best thing in the game it's called battle network it's the game yeah i'm thinking though you know there are games that you can play where you you have to battle and the battles are all right but what's really driving final fantasy again final fantasy 7 i don't think the battle is the best thing in the game the best thing in the game is the story that's being told and the characters that are being built in in front of you the battles are a wrinkle in progressing that here the battles are the game. The story is a side, uh, a side yeah. event. So if you were given an, the easy option of skipping the battles, then some people may well miss out on the best part of the game. At the same time, that's a choice for them to mm. make and maybe not one that the developers should have forced on people. But this is 20 years ago that they made the game and that wasn't the normal. The norm then, was it? At one point in the battles, you talked about while we were playing 
that provided contention with fans was the fact that your health automatically went back up to full between battles. So just to put that into perspective, you, you were given 100 hit points per battle. If you finished a battle at 10 hit points, the next battle comes around, you're then back straight to put 100 HP again, not down at 10, which I think is good because it's giving you a fresh start each time but i can completely understand the point that you were making in that there is no challenge to that really at all that was a contentious issue when the game released initially and it's something that they addressed in future iterations as well it's just because it robs you of the item management or the i'm gonna say party management but character management Mm. if you're not having to deal with the repercussions of your choices from battle to battle or in between battles then there's there's a layer of management that's missing again you might think that actually that is something that that is an active choice that developers might make now because there's a lot of streamlining going on in genres these days for mostly for the better and actually that management stuff having to manage hp uh does it add that much to the Mm. game or not i'm not sure I'm not sure. I I quite enjoy it personally, but I think on the whole, I can see an argument for not having it. It it made me be a lot more uh, free with how I approach the battles than than Mm. if I had to hold on to my HP. Like I was, I was taking damage a lot more readily than than otherwise. Yeah. So you were actually taking into account the fact that you this was a one and done sort of affair, where you would come out of it unscathed, assuming that you. Uh, survived which i think again in terms of a developer choice being made that kind of makes that recklessness that you're giving the player the opportunity to to make use of i think that's all right i think you probably you probably lending you lending them the opportunity to have a bit more fun yeah at the same time i do like management i can't i can't break out of that i do like managing things so and then the the last thing the last thing I wanted to talk about that I, I enjoyed about the game was the look of it. it. It looked so nice. Again, this is the Game Boy Advance being that powerhouse you talked about. It was very nice. Yeah, it has. Again, there's there's an element of people carving out their own visual style as well as you, you were talking about the music. You've really hit two of the pillars of gaming. That I suppose we've also hit gameplay, haven't we? Because we've been talking about how the battles are so brilliant. So this has got all three of what I would say the pillars yeah, of gaming completely. are. Uh, the visuals are great the sound is great and the gameplay itself is great the game boy advance uh, as i say if you've never experienced the game boy advance in any great way then you should go and find out for yourself just how brilliant the console was the games that are available on it are just phenomenal like i I, honestly i've got so many lined up for well the next many episodes in the podcast and every one of them i'm fairly fairly confident that i could just do a podcast about game boy advance games and you'd be happy with every single one that i put in front of you are they all bangers yeah yeah Golden Sun is going to come up soon to throw a random spoiler out. And that, again, is just amazing. Like, again, that's that's a game that has a following, uh, like a massive following. It's the sort of, I might be exaggerating it a little bit here because I really like it, but the way that people bang on about Mother 3 or Earthbound, however you know the game, that is the same for Golden Sun. It's had two games, I think, possibly three, and then it's been dormant for so long. 
people are clamoring for a new Golden Sun game. Never heard of it. Hopefully that will happen. You are a madman. Have you heard of Boktai? Nope. So Boktai is a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, Boktai was actually called Boktai The Sun Is In Your Hand, the first game. And you had to have, for a start, you couldn't play on an emulator. Is it the vampire You one? are remembering what this is. Like, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. Now, the Boktai had a special cartridge that had a UV sensor in the cartridge. And you had a you were a, you were a vampire hunter, and you had a special gun to kill the vampires that was powered by sunlight. And when I say it was powered by sunlight, I mean literal sunlight, L- literally. literally, Chris, powered by sunlight, because you had to play it in the sun. If you played it at night time, you would use all your bullets, something like thirty bullets, and then that was that. You had to wait for the sun to come up to replenish your your ammo, and it was. I mean, it was really good. It was brilliant. It was just another one. I don't know how we're going to play that unless you're around here, though, because I've got the cartridge upstairs for the sequel, but you, you can't play it by any other Can means. Can you play it in front of a lamp? Would a lamp work, or does it have to be sun? No, I, I think it has to be sun. Mm. I haven't actually checked that, but I'm pretty sure that I remember trying to play it on a cloudy day and it not working. Genuinely, yeah. I, I might have Mandela'd that. But well, while we're talking about other games, you mentioned in the first half the sequels to this. What did they say about the sequels that came out? Oh, I've no idea, as oh. I said, because I I played number two. I'm pretty sure I played number two, and then everything after that was unknown to me because I moved on to Passage New, I imagine. And the most recent iteration is six, is that correct? Yes. Now interestingly, there are two there are two well in researching this, very shortly before I started speaking to you about the game, I found suggestions that there was a seventh game. But actually, uh, this was a new phenomenon to me because it was an entry on a website called Fantendo or Fan... I think it was Fantendo. And they had made up like their own version of what, what the seventh uh, installment of battle network would be and they'd written up this wikipedia page on this fantendo website that went into a reasonable amount of detail enough detail frankly to (laughs) fool me into thinking that maybe it existed it it apparently came out on the nintendo switch on june 31st 2021 so it would have been a very timely and accidental accidentally timely entry for the podcast if that had been the case but what very smart listeners will realize is there isn't a june 31st doesn't exist nope so yeah this is a this is a made-up game that some fan has imagined for themselves and written up for the rest of the people to enjoy uh, the other thing to note is that actually there is a game that sort of claim doesn't claim but people might recognize it as a spiritual successor to the Battle Network uh, series called One Step From Eden. That came out on the Nintendo Switch, I think, last March, March 2020. And it uses a battle system that is very similar to Battle Network's battle system. Lots of battling in there. Uh, it did also come out on Steam. Did I say it came out on the Switch? Uh, let me let me rephrase. It came out on the Switch. It also came out on Steam. So you can get it at either of those places. It's about £18, which I'm assuming that it's it delivers as much game as 
Battle Network does, I think would be well worth it. So my, maybe that's another place for you to go if you're interested in experience and what Battle Network has to offer and you can't get your hands on a copy. Is 6 available on like PS4? Between- 6 came out on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, it's been purely Game Boy Advance, that series. Yeah. Right. So I think okay, that I misunderstood released. that. Well, I say that. There was a remake of the first game, I believe, on the DS in somewhere like 2008, 2009. I don't know whether it released outside of Japan, and then there's been nothing for the series since then. And they're all exclusively handheld. Yeah, Nintendo right. DS was the last one, and then prior to that, it was Game Boy Advance, solely Game Boy Advance, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, difficult to... Well, potentially difficult to get hold of if you don't have a Game Boy Advance. Don't know what to tell you. Cool. Sorry. One step from Eden. That's where you need to go if you want to if you want to play it, I guess. Okay, well, thank you for bringing that game, Ashley. I will definitely be playing Battle Network again because I think it's great. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. But I also call bullshit on that. I don't no, think you're going to touch not this. at all. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed us, please remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And we'll see you again next week for another game. Yep, we will. Thanks. Bye. Bye.